Happy New Year and welcome to the very first Sunday of 2020. I'm Pastor Joseph Graham, also known as PG, and you have tuned in to the PG TV Network. And today's scheduled program is presented by Road to Damascus Christian Church, of which I am the senior pastor. And it's our Sunday service series. And listen, I want you to say or repeat after me. The title of this message is 2020 Vision, the year to be clear. Come on, say it again with me. If you have a neighbor, grab him by the hand. If you're there by yourself, just declare it with me again. The title of this message is 2020 Vision, the year to be clear. And today is part one of that message. And I believe that whenever you come to a, a church or go to a service or even open up the Bible for yourself, there's two things you should always get a revelation and a life application. A revelation is a revealed truth. I believe the word of God has so much wisdom that every time you go to it, you should walk away with something you did not previously know. The second thing is a life application. Why come to service or why read God's word if you can't apply it to your real life? Well, we're already in 2020. And so there's three questions I want you to ask yourself as you move forward in this brand new year. The first question is, have you written down your plan or your vision for 2020? Do you have an idea? Do you have a GPS or a map to navigate your steps? Do you even know where you're trying to go in this new year? The second question is, have you done a thorough 2019, 2019 self-examination? Have you really looked at or done an inventory on the choices that you made last year? The third question is, how do you know that you're prepared to make better decisions in 2020? So as we go through this message today, those are the three things that I want you to focus on. We talk about 2020 vision because we're talking about visual clarity. And we say be clear because to be, to the word clear means easily perceived or, or, or being able to perceive or understand. And it's about understanding who you are. Understanding the people around you so that you can navigate and move to where God has called you to in this brand new year. We open it up with the scripture, Matthew chapter seven, verse six, and it reads. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. What I think is profound about this scripture is the very first word when it says give. The first section says, give not that which is holy unto the dogs. The word give is giving us a clue to what we call decision making, because when you give, you make a choice to give. And so God is calling us to focus on what kind of decisions are we making? It's easy when we look at that first part of the scripture to jump straight to the fact that they says, don't give that which is holy unto the dogs. But we got to look at that first part to give. Who have you been making choices to give to? And you may say, well, how does that connect to the title of 2020 vision, the year to be clear? Well, this is how it connects. Whatever plan you have for the new year is heavily dependent upon the choices that you make. And the choices that you make are heavily dependent upon the, the standards or the values that you have as a person. 
and the values and the standards you have as a person is heavily dependent upon your perception of yourself. So now that we're talking about how you perceive who you are, that has everything to do with the kind of people you allow in your circle. And so when we start talking about the decision making, listen, to be holy, for something to be holy, it has to be sacred. That means it's something that's set apart. It's usually it usually exists because of some level of sacrifice. And a dog is a metaphor for someone that is disrespectful. So you got to ask yourself, have you been sharing things that are precious to you that took sacrifice to even have with people who don't respect you? Or don't respect that which belongs to you. See, these are the things that I'm alluding to when I say, have you done a 2019 inventory or self-examination? Because a lot of times, and don't get me wrong, there are people who've done things to you that were wrong. But we begin to we have to ask ourselves, have I been opening the door for people who ought not be in my life to be present? A better question is, have I opened the door or even given them a key if we keep it all the way real? And so the, the first part of this scripture is talking about, are we prepared in 2020 to make better decisions and better choices? See, we can say all day with our mouths that we want that you better respect me or I respect myself. But the truth is, the decisions you make are going to reveal the truth, which brings me to the first point. You should express self-worth with your voice, but belief in your self-worth is revealed in your choice. I'll say it again. You should express self-worth with your voice, but belief in your self-worth is revealed in your choice. Many of us can say a lot of things out of our mouth, but it is our movement and our behavior that gives away where our heart really is or gives us the evidence of what we truly believe. Let's move to the next part of the scripture. It says, neither cast ye your pearls before swine. Now, this is very profound. What I want you to focus on the fact that it said that word cast. It says, neither cast ye your pearls. The word cast means to throw forcefully. So before we get to pearls and swine, the question we have to ask ourselves is what is in your possession? If a pearl is something that's valuable, a pearl that it takes a considerable effort to even find and discover. And it is and it is it is something that is rare. And so you got to ask yourself, why does the scripture use the word cast? Because it's saying or at least putting a highlight on. Have you been forcefully throwing away, tossing away things that are valuable, things that took a considerable effort in your life and throwing it to swine? Now, watch this. A swine is something that doesn't have the ability to comprehend the value of a pearl. When, and so you got to ask yourself, have you been sharing things precious in your life? And when I say precious things, I'm talking about more than physical stuff. Some of us, we've gone through a serious testimony just to get joy. We've had to fight through some of our own mess just to find peace of mind. Some of us have had to fight and learn a level of discipline to, to, to get a car, to get a house, to even keep a job or to even have money in the bank. So I'm talking about a number of things that could be tangible or, or intangibles. What I'm saying to you is, what pearls in your life do you have that you've been giving up 
to someone or some group of people who don't even have the equipment. They don't even have the thought pattern or the frame of mind to even understand the sacrifices that you've made to have what you have. And see, let me tell you something. A swine, there's more than one type of swine. One is unwilling and one is unable, but they both yield the same results. Now, let me break down what I mean. One, when I say unable, that's an issue of character. That's an issue. I mean, that's an issue of maturity. Some people don't have the maturity to appreciate certain things. And I'm sure you've been there before. If you've hung out with somebody who's never had to work a day in their life or they've never had to be responsible for something, they don't understand you can't leave the lights on, right? They don't understand. Look, cars don't run by themselves when we can't blow our money every time we get paid because we need to put gas in the car. You know, all of us have, have hung out with somebody who did not understand the mechanics behind responsibility. And so what I'm saying is you have some people, they're unable. So when you start talking about things that are precious to you, things that it took a sacrifice for you to have, some people just don't have the frame of mind to appreciate. But then the other swine is the one that's unwilling. That means that's someone who intentionally means to disrespect that which you have. And they've been showing you over and over again that no matter how much you share, no matter how much you you open up who you are, no matter how much you're willing to embrace who they are, there's a lack of respect and a lack of appreciation for the pearls in your life. Now, watch this. There's a deeper revelation of 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 a pearl. A pearl is actually something that's found in an oyster or a mullocks. But the pearl itself is created with when a foreign element gets inside of it. And what happens is the the oyster or the mullocks ends up producing the material around that irritant or around that foreign element that is made up of the same material that is that that is a part of the shell, which makes up the pearl. And so a pearl is actually created out of defense out of protection of a foreign element. And the revelation I get is that many of us, when we look at our lives, some of the pearls that's been produced in our lives is because we had to respond to problems that were being presented to us. And so let me tell you, many of you have gone through too much test that was turned into a testimony for you to end up on the other side of the breakthrough for you to share it with somebody who don't understand the road you had to travel to get there. Which brings me to my next message or my next point. In 2020, for your vision to go far, do not waste time with those either unwilling or unable to comprehend the value of what you have or who you are. I know that's long. Let me say it again. In 2020, for your vision to go far. Do not waste time with those either unwilling or unable to comprehend the value of what you have or who you are. That means whether that whether it's an issue of maturity or whether it's an issue of character, do not allow your pearls to be in the hands of someone who lacks the frame of mind to appreciate that which you have or the frame of mind or maturity or character to appreciate who you are. Let's go to the next part of the scripture. It says, lest they trample them under their feet. And so what it's saying is when you 
have things that are precious to you, like a pearl, and you allow it to be given or you decide to share it or give it to someone who can't appreciate it, then what's going to happen is that they're going to trample under their feet. That means something that should be honored and in hand and in one's hand will end up desecrated and disrespected under somebody else's feet. And so it's important for us to, 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 to know that when you find yourself giving to someone who does not appreciate things, it's like an insatiable spirit. Some folks, no matter what you do, they can't be satisfied. One of the most dangerous individuals to have in your personal circle is an insecure man or an insecure woman. Because insecure people, no matter how much you encourage them, no matter how much you give to them, the fact that you are confident in who you are really makes them irritant or makes them upset because it highlights the lack of confidence they have in themselves. And that's not something you can solve. So no matter how much you share or give to them, they even see your acts of love as an attack because it's a constant reminder of what they have not dealt with on the inside of them. And so all they can do is trample upon whatever it is that you give. And sometimes we get caught up in, and many times I talk to people who who either have family like this or people they work with and they are always saying, well, I don't understand why so-and-so doesn't like me or why we why they always have an issue with me. Don't waste your time in 2020 trying to comprehend someone who's not had been diligent enough to solve their own personal issues, which brings me to my next point. When you don't respect what God has put in your hands, it will be disrespected and found broken under someone else's feet. I'll say it again. When you don't respect what God has put in your hands, it will be disrespected and found broken under someone else's feet. I believe that when we don't honor the things we've been blessed with, they'll end up desecrated by the folks we give them to. Let me move. Let's move to the last section of the scripture. It says, and turn again and rend you. What's powerful about this Matthew 7 and 6 scripture is not only is it giving us instructions in life. When Jesus was giving this message, it was a part of a sermon on the mount. He really was serving double duty. He was talking to this is like the first time he's speaking in public to masses of people. But he's doing two things. And this is what I mean when I say double duty. Not only is he training the disciples by giving them lessons, but he's also providing basic life lessons for everybody that can hear. And so what I love about it is not only is he giving instructions on what to do, but he's also telling you what the consequences are if you don't follow these instructions. And those consequences is made clear in this very last part. It says, and turn again and rend you. That means when you take something, that took sacrifice and long suffering and breakthrough and miracles and a testimony for you to possess. And you put it in the hands of someone who doesn't honor it and lacks the frame of mind to even appreciate it. Not only will they trample upon it under their feet, but they will turn again. That means they will repeatedly bring harm to you. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can look back in my life and recognize where there's certain individuals that were able to 
inflict harm upon me repeatedly because I didn't honor what Dr. Maya Angelou told all of us. And that is when people show you who they are, believe them. And sometimes we keep thinking we have the, sometimes we've fallen in love with our interpretation or our version of who people are. And it has kept us from being able to look and understand exactly what they're showing us who they are. And so the reality is this scripture is saying not only will they repeatedly harm you, but the last part is crucial. It says and rend you to rend means to break something or tear something into pieces. Which means that you need to know going into 2020, you don't have the luxury to make the same mistakes you made last year or years prior. Because the outcome of sharing things valuable to you, to folks who don't appreciate it, is not only will those things be broken, but you as a person will be broken. And you don't have the kind of time to recover from something that you already had enough wisdom to avoid in the first place. Which brings me to my last point. Don't mix an old mindset with a new year. Turn a moment of clarity into a lifestyle of being clear. I'll say it again. Don't mix an old mindset with a new year. Turn a moment of clarity into a lifestyle of being clear. Look, just because it's a new year doesn't mean you have a new mindset. You have to actively choose to be transformed, to have a different perspective, to have a new a renewed understanding of life and the choices you need to make. And with that new understanding, you have to make a decision that when you get a moment of clarity, that means you gain an understanding of who you are and what's around you. Don't let it don't leave it in that moment, but transform that moment to an everyday understanding of who you are and an opportunity to grow and succeed. Listen, this was just part one of 2020 vision, the year to be clear. And I truly believe that if you grab hold of this scripture. And really be honest with yourself that you're going to start this year off knowing that you're not going to make those mistakes of 2019, but it is actually going to be a brand new year because you'll have a brand new understanding. Listen, I want to pray with you because I believe that this message is going to be an anchor. It's going to keep you rooted for the entire year. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just glorify and magnify your name. And I just thank you for speaking a right now word to each and every person here. I pray that these words are written on the tablets of their heart. They really walk away with an understanding that this is a year to walk in vision, that this is a year to walk in clarity, that this is a year, Lord God, that the things and the seeds that were planted in 2019 will blossom and flourish in 2020. And we thank you for going before us, making every crooked path straight and every high thing a base. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I'm so excited about this series. Again, this was part one. Can't wait to see you um, next week. And also, don't forget to connect with PGTV Network um, on YouTube, on Facebook, and on Instagram. Let's stay connected. And let's keep ourselves motivated and excited. Also, be sure to tune in Monday morning, tomorrow morning for the light up Monday morning inspiration. 
you know, a little ex, you know, a little uh, inspiration for the for Monday to keep you excited for the week. And also, I can't wait for Wednesday where we have midweek motivation. You know, I'll be on Facebook Live and actually doing a live Bible study. But I call it midweek motivation because, you know, it's hump day. And sometimes you, you leave Sunday all excited. But by the middle of the week, you need a little bit more encouragement. So why don't we come together? So I hope to see you soon. God bless. Greetings. Welcome to the PGTV Network. I'm Pastor Joseph Graham Jr., also known as PG, and you are tuning in to the Road to Damascus Church Online Sunday service. We kicked off a brand new series last week, so I want y'all to join on with us and please get ready for this message. And whether you're alone or whether you're there with a friend, I want you to repeat after me. The series is 2020 vision, the year to be clear. Listen, if you got somebody there, grab a neighbor by the hand. But if not, just say it with me again. The series is 2020 vision, the year to be clear. And let me tell you, whenever you come or go to a Bible study or a service, or even if you're reading the word for yourself, I believe there's always two things that you have to get out of it a revelation and a life application. A revelation is a revealed truth. I believe that the word of God is so dense, you should always walk away with something you previously did not know. And secondly, a life application. Why go to church? Why go to a Bible study? Why even the read the word for yourself if you cannot apply what you studied or these verses and scriptures to your real life? So make sure throughout this message that you get your revelation and your life application. I love to kick this series off. Um, well, we kicked it off already, but I love to, keep, to kick every message off, having you to ask yourself some important questions. And the question for today is, because this is part two, we kicked off part one last week. So for part two, here are these three pertinent questions. The first is, are you mature enough to receive constructive criticism? Are you mature enough to receive constructive criticism? I'm not talking about haters just like putting your plans down, fighting against what you're trying to do. I'm talking about when individuals are asking you questions you should know the answer to regarding what you're trying to do. Are you do you have do you have the maturity to be able to listen to constructive criticism? The second one is, does your 2020 vision have timelines and checkpoints? Does your 2020 vision, in other words, when I say timeline, like, do you know what you're trying to accomplish in the first 30 days, 60 days, or 90 days of the year? Where are you trying to be by the summer? And where are you trying to arrive at? What is your destination for December 2020? You should know your destination for December 2020 in January 2020. The third question is, are you prepared to lead? And I'm going to really dig into that. A lot of times we have vision that we want to come to pass. But the reality is, as much as you can do by yourself, you're going to need other folks along the way to assist your vision into coming to fruition. And if you're going to have other people to join in, are you prepared to lead those people? And in order to lead them, you first have to be clear about where you're going. So let's jump into part two of 2020 vision, the year to be clear. 
Now watch this. Last week, um, I actually went over the scripture, Matthew 7 and 6. Um, and if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, please look on the PGTV uh, uh, network Facebook page and find the message or actually go to PGTV network on YouTube and check it out. But watch this. We, we did Matthew 7 and 6 last week. And for this uh, message today, I actually have a completely different scripture in the Old Testament. But this is what God hit me with to start off with. And it is Matthew 7 and 7. And again, this is not even the main scripture for today, but I think this nugget is going to help you. Matthew 7 and 7, it reads like this. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. I'm going to read it again. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. The reason I broke this down is because I believe in this scripture, Matthew 7 and 7, is the blueprint of the mentality that you need to have going into 2020 vision. And so let's look at this, right? I believe that when we talk about getting a life application and a revelation, even if you have enough common sense to admit that you're in need. In other words, for you to ask for something, that means you've already done enough uh, self-reflection and self-examination to recognize that there's some things you're in need of that are no that are not in your possession, and so you so 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 it's a mentality you have to have. That means you've got to be honest with yourself with what you have and what you don't have to accomplish where you're trying to go in this year. It says, "Seek and ye shall find." To seek, you first must be willing to leave comfort. To seek. You first must be willing to leave comfort. That means to seek means that you've got to come out of your comfort comfort zone, come out of your usual uh, um, surroundings. But watch this. Here's where the struggle is. You've got to move away from your usual behavior, pattern or ideology. Look, you look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to have to grow. In other words, to seek in order to find something, you've got to seek in order to seek. You've got to recognize that my circumference might be too comfortable for me to grow in. It's time for me to go somewhere and learn something new, get a greater understanding by leaving what's been uh, familiar and, and, and usual for me. Sometimes our comfort zone is the very thing that's keeping us back. The next thing is it says, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And watch this. In order to knock, you first must decide to make your presence known. I mean, just think about it. this is this is not rocket science. In order for you go to a door, you have to knock on it. You've got to you've got to make known the fact that you have arrived in 2020. We're not talking about conceited, being conceited. We're not talking about being cocky. But what we are talking about is being determined and, 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 and being willing to speak what it is that you've come to do or come to acquire, or come to, to, to have in your possession. You've got to be real. You've got, you can't be afraid to let your presence known. You've got to be here. That means you can no longer be moved by you not thinking that you grew up on the right side of the tracks, or you didn't come from the correct network, or you don't look or sound like this person or that person. That's irrelevant. You've got to show up, but don't get me wrong. You've got to show up and look like, act like, and walk as though, as though you know you belong in your destiny. But when you arrive, you can't shrink back. When the attention is turned to you, you've got to be willing to do what needs to be done. And so I'm just telling you, these are principles 
to walk in. And I believe that, that this revelation is so powerful that when we look at it on an opposite end, we still get a revelation. I'll tell you what I mean. It says, asking it shall be given, which means that if you expect anything to be given unto you in this year, you first gotta, you first gotta be humble enough to ask. Seeking you shall find. You're not gonna find anything. You're not gonna find your purpose. You're not gonna find your destiny. You're not gonna find what it is that you are looking for unless you seek. You've gotta put some effort in. And the last thing is, there's no doors that are gonna be opened if you don't knock. So I'm telling you right now, you got to get to knocking in 2020. Watch this. That ain't even the main message. The main message is coming from Habakkuk chapter two, verse two, right? And what I love about this, um, and let me read it first because I'm all hyped. It says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. I'll read it again. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. This scripture is full of steps and direction that I believe is going to allow you to walk into this year with confidence and something that's going to be a blessing to you in terms of divine instruction for the entire year. The first part, let me just bring context and background to the scripture. Habakkuk, who is a prophet, is complaining to God. Most of chapter one of Habakkuk, Habakkuk is just, you know, he's venting on God saying evil people seem to prosper and get away with it. He's wondering why God ain't doing nothing about it. So he's straight up complaining. And, and, and what I love is if we are real, you know, Habakkuk ain't that much different than us. There's lots of times we, you know, things are happening in our lives, things, you know, situations that we face. And it looks like God is letting the villain get away with all the drama and get away with all the nonsense that's being brought into your life. And you, the one are suffering for it. And this is the attitude that Habakkuk has. And what I love about it is God never joins or never accepts our invitation to a pity party. Now, mind you, the people are going through something. And he's complaining. And what he's pointing out is not that it's not accurate, but how God chooses or gives the, the instructions on how to respond isn't always the thing that you want to hear. So let's walk into it, right? The first part of the scripture, it says, and the Lord answered me and said. And so the first part of the scripture, I want to let you know that what I do appreciate about Habakkuk's steps is that at least he's having a conversation with God. Something as simple, see, you know, something as simple as, as, as having a dialogue so that he can have clarity, we got to give him credit for that. Because many of us will stay stuck in a mode where we're complacent and we're venting, but we're not necessarily seeking answers. And the word answer means reaction or response. In other words, in order for the Lord to respond, um, Habakkuk had to at least open up the dialogue for conversation. And I'm saying to you, you've got to examine yourself. Are you in a place where you all you do is vent, but you're not actually seeking for some level of response? Or do you just like being mad and frustrated? Because let's be clear, that can become a thing too. And you don't want that to be your pattern 
in 2020 and find yourself in the summertime wondering why half the year is over and your vision hasn't come to pass. And so my first point is, if you're frustrated enough to demand answers, you must also be humble enough to follow instructions. Let me say that again. If you're frustrated enough to demand answers, you out here talking about, I want to know why this and that and the third is happening in my life. Well, listen, if you're frustrated enough to demand answers, then guess what? You must also be humble enough to close your mouth, to be silent so that you can be given direction and so that you can follow instructions. Have you ever had someone come to you with a problem and ask you for your opinion or your help? And you can you barely can get three words out before they cut you off. No, you don't understand this, that, and the third. No, that ain't going to work. And it's like, if you have all the answers, then why are you asking me questions? See, in 2020, you've got to be humble enough that if something has frustrated you that you've not, that you don't have clarity on or you don't have a solution for, then the people that you take the time out to seek direction from, you've got to be quiet and silent enough to listen to them respond. Simple lessons. Let's go to the next part of the scripture. It says, write the vision and make it plain upon tables. This is awesome. Last week I talked about making, you know, one of my questions was, have you written a vision for 2020? And so I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this message to let you know, we don't even have to go into that. If you haven't written a vision, then already know that you need to, right? So it says, write the vision. But here's what's key. It says, don't just write it, but make it plain. And see, this is, this is important because a lot of times we have written some stuff down. Some of us hate to write. Like me, I love, you know, I've always been a person who knows how to communicate and talk. So I hate the, uh, the tediousness of sitting down and writing my thoughts, but it has to be done, right? But then we have some of us who write a whole bunch of stuff, but you share it with people and we can't comprehend what it is you wrote. In other words, when it says write the vision to make it plain, that means take out the time for it to be legible and for it to be read with some level of comprehension. It needs to be, the, 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 that means the process of making sure that somebody else who's not you does not have your mind, whose thoughts um, are not like yours, who did not originate these ideas, that they can look at it and have an understanding of what you mean. And so a lot of times we, some of us who will write the vision down, we don't take the time out to really cut and, you know, and, and shave it down, add and subtract whatever's necessary so that there's a level of clarity. And so watch this. When it says upon tables, watch this. It says here, um, tables for me means format. So when we look at these words, and I always tell you, look at words even though you have enough sense to know what they mean. Here, when it says write the vision, it means record your thoughts, your ideas, put them down, right? And not only write your thoughts and ideas, but for this message, write down the outcomes. You know, you know, a lot of people who do vision boards and things like that, they'll say that you need to start with the end in mind. That means first, first decide where your destination is and then work yourself backwards to see how you're going to get there. And that's very key. And so for this here, you want to write down what your outcomes are. What is, what are what is your expectations look like? Then it says plain. Plain means simplify it. 
Because guess what? If it's complicated for you, it's definitely who's the author of it. It's definitely going to be complicated for anybody else. So simplicity is very key. But the last part, it says tables, the format. When I first um, read this, the revelation that came to me, it, I thought of Microsoft Excel. And let me tell you why. Because when we say write the vision and make it plain upon the tables, it made me think about um, the fact that if you're doing um, if you're doing balancing of your budget and you're being responsible with your finances and you're breaking down money coming in and money going out, they have all kinds of awesome software out there that helps a person to be able to track their bills, their income, um, their, their, what their expenses are and everything, right? Whether it be for personal or for business. And to me, the clarity is saying here that when it says make it plain upon the tables, that means utilize tools and resources that are that are available to help bring clarity to what you're trying to accomplish in this year. Just like a calendar, something as simple as a calendar, which is something I hate to do, but it works so well. It helps out so well to be able to plan out what am I doing on this day and that day and to know what you want, where you want to be at the end of the week regarding each of your goals. If that's something that you're not doing, then I would advise you to do it. Because it brings the clarity that this scripture is talking about. If you, you can't just write down your ideas on paper and that's it. And not only that, there's so many resources out there to help you really get down to the details of where you're going in life. You got to take it and you got to use it. Which brings me to my next point. Watch this. When your vision is written down, it becomes a contract. Your expectations need documentation. I'll say it again. When your vision is written down, it becomes a contract. Your expectations need documentation. In other words, a lot of times you got to ask yourself inwardly, why don't I write down my vision? Why is it that I avoid it? Because maybe inwardly and subconsciously, we know that once we write it down, we have a contractual agreement to do what we have declared we're going to do. Because it's one thing for us to be floating out of your mouth and we're talking about what you're going to do and this, that, and the third. It's another thing if there's a record, if there's a record of what you said you would do. And see, here's the thing. You can't expect people to be more accountable to what you want to do in your life and you have yet to have a contract agreement with yourself. And this is what this is about. If you haven't already, you need to make a contractual agreement with yourself because it shows that you value who you are. You value your life. You will value your time, your money. You value the air that you breathe. You value the life that God has blessed you with, that life that God has given you. You, you, you are appreciative of the resources that are at your disposal and you plan to do what you know you've been called to do. And so it's very key, right? And so Again, your expectations need documentation. Next, the last part, it says, and I'll read it again. It says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables. Why is it important to write the vision? Why is it important to make it plain upon the tables? Why? Because that he may run that readeth it. This has me excited on a personal note. You know, I have did Road to Damascus for so many years, right? We're coming upon it being 20 years old. And I know that God wanted me to take things to a whole new level. And, and for the longest time, Pastor Sonny, 
Um, God bless her um, with You Church Matters. She's been telling me to get on social media. You know, God want to use you. And I've been resisting it and, you know, uh, walking away from every word she said, knowing that it was accurate. But in reality, it was something that I needed to do. It was time to take what I had going on to the next level. But it, but but nothing moved until I wrote it down and still putting some things in motion and writing it down and bringing and getting even that much more clear. And now it's launched and it is here. So what I'm saying to you is this is this right here. You got to write the vision and make it plain because there are people that's designated, predestined to support you, to assist you. To take what it is that God has given you and make it move and help make it successful. But if you don't write it and if you don't make it plain when you write it upon the tables, then, then, then your runners will never connect with it. And guess what? It will be the reason why you find yourself running all the time. A lot of times people are like, I'm busy, I'm doing this. And don't get me wrong. I have nothing against being busy. But, but perhaps... You're running around like crazy because you've not taken enough time to write the vision so that your runner can do the running you've been doing. I just want you to think about that. Are there things that I'm now preoccupied with trying to do with causing my vision to come to pass? And the reality is I don't have it because here's what we do. We complain about nobody's here to help me. Nobody's supporting me. Nobody's, you know, being there for me. Maybe they're not there because they're not clear. You understand? The reality is, have you painted a clear enough picture so that when people who are not you, they're not, they, they don't have the embryo of the, pro, of the idea in their mind, heart, and spirit. And so when they look at what you, what, you, what you share, does it give them the clarity to run? Watch this. To run means to move at a speed faster than walking. Guess what? That means that, that, the, the, that the runner is designed to move this thing faster than you can in particular areas of its production. Catch that revelation so that the reader can run with it. There's somebody designated to do things that you're not designated to do. Yes, it's your vision. Yes, you're the, you, you created the idea. And yes, you're the one sharing it. But you've got to let, this is why people who are leaders struggle with micromanagement because they don't trust and don't have enough maturity to understand, yes, God bless you for your awesome idea, but it's not going to get off the ground and be what it's supposed to be unless you let other people play their role. You've got your role. And a part of that role is being clear when you share the vision so that they, the people, when I say they, the folks, They've been waiting for you to hit them with that idea, hit them with the plan, hit them with the vision, hit them with that dream so they can hit the ground running to make it happen in 2020. And also to read means to comprehend um, meaning. But the word read also means to discover. Have you been sharing your vision in the right spaces and places with people that have that need to discover what you're trying to do. This is why networking is so important. This is one of the advantages of even something as simple as social media, because it helps to connect people that otherwise would never cross paths. 
And so I'm saying to you in terms of your space and your network and your arms reach and people you're connected to, have you been making sure that your vision is being put in places that people who will, 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 will tag team with you can discover where you're trying to go and what you're trying to accomplish? Which brings me to my last point. When your vision is written clear, then those meant to support you will appear. I'll say it again. When your vision is written clear, then those meant to support you will appear. What I love about this scripture is giving you the guarantee, not just hope and hope maketh not ashamed, not just faith which is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But it's telling you that when you write the vision, when you write down what it is that you believe that God wants you to accomplish in this year, and when you can be responsible enough to take the time out to chisel it down to us so that others can intellectually consume the vision that God has given you, so they can comprehend it and they can grab it and put it in their hand and play the role that they have to play and making it come to pass. It's saying that, listen, when you write that vision and you're real clear, then the people around you that need to show up, they will appear. And I'm telling you in 2020, the folks that have been predestined to help your vision come to pass, they're just waiting on you. No longer, do not. Allow one day in this year to cause you to get caught up in a pity party and the woe is me. If you don't have the support around you, it does not mean that no one cares. It simply means one or two things. Either one, you've not made your vision clear enough for other people to join it. Or two, you've not shared your vision with the right people. Listen, I hope that this message encourages you. Um, and I want you to understand that every single week, We'll be giving this word every Sunday at 8 a.m. The message is released. And then you can, of course, uh, listen to it all day and any other day of the week. And please share it with other people. Um, this is a even as I'm preaching this message, I'm living out what I'm sharing with you. With the PGTV network being a place where you can come and get an encouraging word and some other things that we have going on as Road to Damascus is given this Sunday service series. And I just want you to be encouraged that this is your year for your vision to come to pass. And, um, and, and let me tell you this, is that your support is waiting on you. It's guaranteed. Listen, let's pray. God, we just glorify and magnify your name. We thank you for your grace as well as your mercy. God, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice is encouraged, excited. That, Lord God, there's a newfound enthusiasm to know, nah, nah, there's nothing wrong with the vision. It just needs to be chiseled down a little bit more. It just needs a little bit more clarity, God. And that there are people that they need to share it with that are waiting to get on board so that this very thing that God has placed upon their mind, heart, and spirit can manifest and become tangible and real in 2020. We honor you, glorify your name, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you enjoyed this message, please, if you'd like to give, you go to Cash App, and it's the cash symbol, RTD Church. And like I was saying in the very beginning, this is... Uh, Road to Damascus Church Online. Uh, RTD is short for Road to Damascus. And at one time, the ministry just existed in one place, but now we're going global. We were in Charlotte for many years and still are, and we're still there. 
but we decided to expand on a global level. Even I am having to live out this word that I'm talking to you about. And it's been amazing how many people have joined forces to help the PGTV network grow and expand so that the message of Road to Damascus uh, Church Online can be put out there so that more and more people can be encouraged. Please, if you haven't already, like the PGTV network Facebook page, follow me uh, on the P, uh, at the PGTV underscore network um, on, in, on Instagram. And also, please go to YouTube. It's the PGTV Network. And subscribe and share the messages. I hope to, to, to see you all on um, Facebook Live on Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I do what's called Midweek Motivation. It's just, you know, Wednesday's often called the hump day. So some, some encouragement in the middle of the week. So please tune in 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All you got to do is go to the PGTV um, uh, Network Facebook page and it'll come up on the feed. If you go back and see some of the other messages, please don't hesitate to share and definitely subscribe if you haven't. And also message me if you have prayer requests, if you have ideas, if you want to connect with what I'm talking about. There's some people.